There's an, an enormous archive of shows I've done where I cover a broad range of histories, trying to show the people that truly were kept like mushrooms, were kept in the dark, and fed you know what. That's bovine fecal matter. And that's the job of the media that takes over from your education. And by media, it's all media, including fictional works as well. In fact, some of the most important predictive programming you get is through fiction and dramas and soaps. I think Jack C. Law was the expert on that when he, he talked about propaganda and how all hospitals and cop shows are all propaganda. Back with more after these messages. Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. The, the way we're treated truly is like you treat children, very, very young children, when they ask questions that you think they aren't prepared to receive an answer for. And that is how government treats us with its various policies. We're kept as though we were children. You can't tell the children the bad news, especially if you have intentions which are going to upset them. Therefore, just like pedophiles, they lie to you. They lie to you with nice smiling faces and there's nothing, there's no lie big enough uh, that they won't tell. It's, it's that easy. It's truly that easy. And many books have been written about authoritarianism and how people succumb to it and, and why and how they're manipulated. It also takes a sort of symbiosis between the, the victim and the perpetrator when it comes to mass indoctrination, mass manipulation, and getting the public to go along with various agendas to change the whole of society, which has been changed many times in the past, especially culture-wise. That's an old trick. And since about the 1950s onwards, the cultures of the Western Hemisphere were under absolute attack, not from outside influences, because, we see, there were already global, there's already a global authority in the 50s, it was set up at the end of World War II under the United Nations. Every country that signed on signed away its ability to be independent. You should check it out for yourself and look into the San Francisco meeting. See what they signed away. But they also knew that it would be very, very difficult to bring in their long-awaited global governance something that the Royal Institute of International Affairs was set up to do in the first place, and the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the same thing, only an American branch. That was always their goal, to set up a world government. But in order to do so, especially to do it the way that Karl Marx wanted it done, which was first a united Europe, followed by United Americas, and then a, a conglomerate of the, the Pacific Rim region, then they knew they'd have to literally try and alter the cultures to bring them together, to blend them together into this new culture, not, not a melting pot of the old, but really bring it into a new culture with each block, which eventually could be brought into the main world block without any problem. And again, that's what the Rees Commission found when they had the congressional investigation into the, the big foundations 
the book Foundations, Their Power and Their Influence is an excellent book to read on that. It goes through the Rees Commission and Norman Dodd's uh, report where they were told by the heads of the big foundations that sponsor many hundreds of other foundations across the planet, front foundations, and a thousand NGOs, non-governmental organizations, they, they found that their job was to change the culture in the West so much that it would blend seamlessly with that of the Soviet Union, which tells you also they knew when the Soviet Union would stop being the Soviet Union and become Russia again. They also knew what kind of system this new conglomerate would be. It's not hard to tell if you create the culture to go along with it. And remember in the 1960s they had the international meetings in Britain held in London for the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, where in mainstream media they said their job at these big meetings was to decide which country was given uh, the premiership for creating the world culture and they looked towards the British studios the old Pine studios and so on and they decided no it wasn't enough they'd have to use Hollywood and not just Hollywood but the entire culture creation industry that's music, drama, everything stage drama as well and it's been done perfectly it's been done so well with the aid of television which uh, has been used for that purpose since it was first given to the general public. And getting back to Jack Zillow, as he said, there's not a TV show to do with hospitals, anything to do with, with those services. That's health and policing. These were services at one time. Because the whole old idea was to bring them up to the, the status of authorities. And that was the job of dramas on television, to give you a false perception of what they were really all about. Everyone knows, if you watch the fictional versions of hospitals, every person in there and the staff knows exactly what they're doing, and they don't make mistakes. It's perfect. They're so holy, they walk on water. They just know what to do. Always the right thing. And the same with the cops. No matter what the bad guy's done, and he's always been a really, really bad guy, you have all these teams of, of detectives chasing them through all kinds of hell to get that bad guy. And that's what you think cops are all about. Which is completely fictional. as propaganda. The police forces have been built up to army status over a long period of time, maybe 20 years, in preparation for what's coming down the pike in the very, very near future. Because as I say, the reports from the think tanks for the US and the British military both came up with the same agendas for the next 30 years, same forecasts, rioting, escalating riots, right down to even having to use basically small-scale thermonuclear weapons on mass riots. Now, they don't sit and dream this stuff up because of nothing else to do, although they have a lot of time in their hands, that's, sure, that's for sure. But they mean what they say. Now, how would they know that there's riots coming up? You have to go through their PDFs. I've got them on my site. Go into the archive section, the Department of Defense. And you'll find out why it's supposed to happen. Food shortages will happen because food now is in the hands of a small monopoly. A monopoly. They own the world's food supply. 
That was always the plan, by the way, because the United Nations, once again, likes to portray itself as a big do-gooder that goes around handing out candy bars across the world to poor, starving children. It has very little to do with that kind of image at all. They are the most authoritarian body set up to be an authoritarian body the world has ever seen. It is not a democratic institution. Its job is eventually to rule over the people, and you will do as you're told. A long time ago, they decided at the top, and the Club of Rome verified this in their own books, the first global revolution, that democracy would have to go. We are now in the post-democratic era. Democracy, they said, had too many conflicting parties to, to get any peace or get anything done. And obviously, since it's an agenda at stake here, they have to get things done. Therefore, they would have to go with a parallel government. That's what Margaret Thatcher talked about. She said she belonged to it. Professor Carol Quigley, who was a mentor of, of Bill Clinton, also said the same thing in Tragedy and Hope. The Council on Foreign Relations is only one branch of the parallel government. Thatcher said all ex-prime ministers and presidents, high bureaucrats in all states and countries are members of it because they all know each other. And they can get things done behind the scenes without public scrutiny. They also don't have to answer to the public for anything that they do. And the Club of Rome said the system they favored the most was a collectivist society, communism. Communism was the easiest way. And the only way you can get it going is under the guise of warfare. Warfare or terrorism is the same thing, you see. You bring all the same functions that you use in warfare because the public will go along with things. They'll bend down more and do what they're told for peace and security for all. So therefore, the old slogan, we're all in it together, is back up again everywhere you look. We're all in it together. That's what he had everywhere in the movie Brazil, the comedy spoof on a totalitarian society, which the author certainly knew was coming down the pike. But we're treated like children, as I say, with every darn thing that's given to us. A little bit at a time. Just feed them a little. When a baby's crying, you'll see how they feed the mother feeds the child. It's a little bit at a time, and if it's too much, the baby bubbles it out. And she'll wait a little while longer and try it again. And that's what they do with us, you see. The security cameras, remember, were just going to go up at crossroads for traffic accidents. And people flying across the red lights. Now they're everywhere. Everywhere. Because it's world strategy. None of us, you see, can be expected to behave ourselves. We're all potentially criminals. And from the humanist point of view, that's true. From the psychologist's point of view, that's true because they all believe in the same thing, that we're just an animal, you see. And under the right circumstances, you're capable of committing anything. That's how they judge the whole of society. Remember, too, if you're a psychopath judging society, he's going to see you as he sees himself because he is capable of doing anything. Therefore, the only way you can treat children who, are, who will possibly commit a crime someday is to make sure they're in a prison, a straitjacket, and they're monitored 24 hours a day. 
That was also in Psychology Today, the big psychological magazine, years ago. They wanted eventually cameras in everyone's home watching everything they did. And guess what? A lot of people are doing it voluntarily with their webcams. Thinking it's fun. What do you think all those reality shows were about? With the youngsters all thrown together in the big houses and cameras everywhere. Next thing you knew, youngsters were emulating that and putting it up on their on the on the web. What they were doing. Where'd they, where'd they get out that from? It's from television. Why would they sink so much money on television into showing that to make the children copy them? That's why. Monkey see, monkey do. Back with more after this break. Yes, 
actually published, publicly declared the aim was to develop a domestic security strategy for the EU, once regarded as a strictly national home affairs area of policy. National frontiers should no longer restrict our activities, he said. Internationalism. But, you know, the last holdout really was uh, the states, not because the states was really any different, it was the states was being used since it took over the job from Britain, especially the paying, the payments for all this, for their taxes and grants and so on. The U.S. has been paying to bring in the New World Order since it took over its role from Britain. It has been since World War I. And the League of Nations was set up. You see, the U.S. US set up the League of Nations and funded that too. That became the United Nations. And now the the job of the U.S. is almost complete. They're knocking, as I've said before, many times for years when you're finishing off the job of standardizing the world in the Middle East and what's left. The only places that are left are a few countries in the Middle East. They'll be pulling the rug from you under your feet at home to make you blend in with the, the flattened world that's created. Because those in charge of the U.S. were always internationalists, you see. And they don't see the peasant in the U.S. any different from the peasant in Britain or the peasant in China. Not if you're superior in your gene pool and you're more evolved than others. And that's what they really believe at the top. They truly believe this stuff. And you better be very scared because these people who really believe it have accumulated incredible wealth, which is power in this system. Therefore, they can create their kind of worlds with or without our consent. And that they've been planning for both. So in the U.S., they're really catching up fast now. Because, see, Bush, Bush was put in the last time to get the whole ball rolling for totalitarianism, and Obama's been put in to, to sign all the, the international agreements that were shelved over the years, and he's just signing one per, well, I hope a dozen per day, or more. This is from the Los Angeles Times. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, keeps a close eye on itself. It is a vast and growing web of security cameras, monitors a city of 55,000 people operated by a private group, a private group of self-appointed gatekeepers. There's been surprisingly little outcry. It's the June the 21st, 2009. It says, the historic town where America's founding fathers plotted during the revolution and Milton Hershey later crafted his first chocolates now boasts another distinction. It may become the nation's most closely watched small city. Some 165 closed-circuit TV cameras will soon provide live, round-the-clock scrutiny of nearly every street, park, and other public space used by the 55,000 residents and the town's many tourists. That's more outdoor cameras than are used by many major cities, including San Francisco and Boston. Unlike anywhere else, Cash-strapped Lancaster outsourced its surveillance to a private non-profit group that hires civilians to tilt, plan, and zoom the cameras and call the police. I'll be back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Reading an article from the Los Angeles Times on Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Where they're putting in all these cameras, and they actually got them in, and probably putting more in. It says here, this is the, they're putting in more than major cities, including San Francisco and Boston. Unlike anywhere else, cash strap Lancaster outsources surveillance to a private non-profit group. Now, I'd love to know who they are, or, or at least who's putting out the cash. Now, the feds gave them two grants, apparently, to get it rolling. But uh, are there some foundations that work here, too? Someone had to set it up and hire the civilians and all the other volunteers, these volunteers that aren't even screened by police to watch everyone else. It says they call police if they spot suspicious activity. No government agency is directly involved. Perhaps most surprising, the near-saturation surveillance of a community that saw four murders last year has sparked little public debate about whether the benefits for law enforcement outweigh the, the loss of privacy. Now, this is what uh, Lancaster's police chief says. This, it takes the police chief to say the obvious, although he's not against it, obviously, but he's saying the obvious. Years ago, there's no way we could do this. That's what I said. See, they could have done this years ago. Years ago, there's no way we could do this. Now, why, why, why can they do it now? Why is that? What happened to the people over the years? Well, they watched so much fiction and cops busting down doors that they really believe that crime is rampant everywhere. And it's, it's within the limits of law. to smash down doors without warrants and all that kind of stuff. But they really have been trained that living is just a scary thing to do. It's a scary thing to live. We need all of this intrusion. We've been trained. You train people incrementally over time to accept this. So here's the police chief saying that. This is what he says, too. It brings to mind Big Brother, George Orwell, in 1984. It's just funny how Americans have softened on these issues. No kidding. He says no one talks about it, agrees Scott Martin, a Lancaster County commissioner who wants to expand the program. Well, he's obviously got friends that help to uh, warm his hands, I'd say. Because people feel safer, he says. People feel safer. Those who are law-abiding... Here we go with that old thing. Those who are law-abiding citizens, they don't have anything to worry about. Now, I've got articles repudiating all this stuff, or with refute, because... Because there's a whole bunch of psychology goes with this kind of indoctrination. It stops people from being healthy and spontaneous. When you're on camera all the time, you don't behave normally at any time. They know this too. Perhaps we should put these characters on camera all the time and watch them. After all, they've got jobs over you. Why don't we watch them all the time? Hmm? Those are the ones we should be worried about. This is a few dozen people attended uh, four community meetings held last spring to discuss what sponsors called this exciting public safety initiative. <laughs> but opposition has grown since 
big red bulbs which shield the video cameras began appearing on corner after corner. Mary Pat Donnellan, head of mission research, a local software company, vowed to move if she finds one on her block. I don't want to live like that, she said. I'm not afraid, and I don't need to be under surveillance. So there are people, you see, that don't like it at all. No one has the right to know who goes in and out of my front door, agreed David Moore, a laborer for a company that supplies quarry pits. That's my business. That's not what America is about. Hundreds of municipalities, including Los Angeles and at least 36 other California cities, have built or expanded camera networks since the attacks of September 11, 2001. In most cases, Department of Homeland Security grants help cover the cost. In the most ambitious project, New York City police announced plans for several years ago to link 3,000 public and private security cameras across lower Manhattan designed to help deter, track, and detect terrorists. What a lot of rubbish, eh? This has nothing to do with terrorism. What this has to do with is the system they're bringing in that you have seen on the sci-fi movies where the majority of the public are either starving or living in rubble. There's a big army of black-clad goons with big, big guns bossing it over them. That's what it has to do with. But you can't tell the children. Can't tell the children. Now, I'll go to the phones now. And we'll talk to Stephen in Texas. Are you there, Steve? Uh, yes, I'm here, Alan. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, good afternoon, Alan. Uh, this is my second time calling in. I'm from Houston. Yes. Uh, I was calling in regards to last week's show you did about the uh, dome that they're proposing to build over my yeah. city. Yeah. And I just wanted to know, really, uh, what was the purpose of it? I saw that guy addendum, the second uh, follow-up to, the, to, pre- to the first issue, where they had bubble cities, and it was, uh, I guess it was super high-tech. They had light rails and things of that nature. But could you elaborate more on that? What was the purpose of uh, building domes over uh, cities? Well, the long-term strategy... Uh, this first came out, by the way, and I have articles here. I'll maybe put them up tonight on my website, going as far back as 1960s, when they first brought this out in major U.S. Uh, magazines. And uh, now it doesn't go over, and this is the thing that struck me with the one for Toronto, uh, you'll find that they don't go over the whole of the existing cities. But it's quite amazing that since Obama last week announced that uh, they were going ahead to knock down a lot of the, the urban areas around the cities that no longer, he, he claims, no longer need uh, all of this housing. Mm-hmm. And they concentrate people into the centers. Well, I guess it would fit into the new city, which is much, much smaller than the old. Uh, right. That would be the same with Toronto. Um, but the future, of course, is to, is to contain a much smaller population as well. Um, but um, their idea, how they're going to push it to the people, is that uh, it, it will stop UV rays, number one, Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, they'll be much cheaper to heat the place in winter, air condition it uh, in the summer, than having people do, doing it independently on their own. Now, Buckminster Fuller was the first one that was put out to the public. Again, one of, they always give us our stars, and, and he influenced a lot of people, a lot of youngsters. He was the one who first came forward with this uh, geodesic dome idea, and his early domes were even bought by many Russian communities, they could bring them across by big, big Chinook helicopters, drop them in forests, and then they were, they were fully furnished. They could just move right into them. But they want to do this with massive domes over the cities. The problem with the, the older 
due to desert domes is they leaked like crazy. Anyone who got them found it leaked like crazy. This new type of system they're bringing in is going to be supposedly space-age technology, uh, special soft uh, plexiglass stuff and special frames to do away with that. But the idea supposedly is that everyone within the city will travel underground by subway, um, uh, public transportation only. It will fit in with um, Agenda 21 from the United Nations. And the United Nations, by the way, I mean, I have articles here from them, and a book was sent to me from from one of them, um, showing me these domed uh, cities. And some areas they're also going to put uh, three domed cities. One will be for juniors, for children to be, to be brought up uh, collectively. Uh, the second one is after they've had their schooling and so on in the first dome, they get put into their workplace for, for life, and then they get put into a retirement dome. So everything is nice, clean, and tidy, according to a psychopathic control freak's point of view. That's the kind of world of order they want to bring in. Um, it's for a brand-new civilization. Really, that's what it's for. And they claim, too, they can control greenhouse gases and all this yada yada stuff by filtration inside the domes, yeah. That's what they claim they can do with the forest, the aerosol spring is to, to deflect the UV rays and it's going to protect us from global warming. It's, it's a complete forest. Yes, it is. It is, but do you realize once you get people into believing that this is the only way to live and all you need is one generation, they will think it's all quite normal and you can then keep the population down under rigorous control by authority and law and etc. to save the rest. We're all, we're all in it together. Again, the same idea. And you could, you could literally go on for centuries like that, never knowing there's a big, big world out there that's pretty pristine and untouched. Right. It's going back to what you're saying, like how you said, give us our stars and how media is used to control us. It, like you say, uh, a life imitates art. It goes back to the Simpsons movie that came out. They had that happen with Homer uh, contaminated the, the city's river, and they had to put a EPA had to put a EPA had to put a dome over the city of Springfield, and it was under constant surveillance by the government. You couldn't go in the city, and you couldn't exit the city. So it's, they show us these things in our movies, and then they turn around and, show, and do it in real life, and we don't think otherwise. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and one more point I want to make, Evan, um, was uh, in regards to Obama. Uh, I'm an African American. And, and of course, in our community, this is a milestone for us to have a black president. But um, I'm listening to your show and other uh, sh- uh, shows. I see the big picture. I find it real hard to kind of uh, explain it to uh, other African Americans that Obama is just nothing more than just a, a repeat of Bush, Clinton, previous other presidents. Because if you're a president who wants to inflict real change, you end up like sort of like John F. Kennedy. They will take you out. Uh, if you go along with the game plan that you're allowed to stay in, uh, is that pretty much how it works? Uh, <clears throat> That's right. I mean, it's the same system that put in every other president that put Obama in, and he's standing up for the same boys too. Or he's immediately he stood up for the banks already and, and rewarded them for looting the people. I mean, they always put their own boys in, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it's kind of it's false hope because they, they give my community the sense that we finally won, we finally achieved because there's someone who looks like us in office, but we don't really see the big picture that he's just another one, another for dummy, like all the other presidents. Yes, absolutely. He, you'd never get in unless you were. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again for taking my call. I enjoyed this year's show, and the donation uh, will be on the way. And thanks for calling. Now, there's Alan from England. Are you there, Alan? Oh, hi. Uh, yes. Oh, hi, uh, Alan. Yeah. Hi there, Alan. Hi, it's Alan. 
Yeah. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm calling from Devon in uh, in England, and it's um, what time is it here? It's like well, quarter to two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And anyway, uh, I have spoken to you before, and I've been in the music business like you and, and all the rest of it. Uh, um, you guys are talking about Obama. I've only actually just switched you on. You know what I mean online, so. I didn't know what the earlier discussion was, but I heard a little bit about Obama, and I can understand a lot of confusion over that one. But, I mean, the global changes, I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, changes with, you know, a lot of more police sort of uh, brutality and things like that going on. You hear it, you see it on YouTube, that kind of thing. Reports of, you know... Terrible, uh, you know, like a, a building up of something. Going You're right. On. It's a building up. Yeah. It, part yeah. of it is conditioning the public that this is going to be normal, and and if there's no police uh, prosecuted and really seen to be punished, um, yeah. then I mean, we saw the G20, for example, and someone got murdered. <laughs> you know, someone got killed. Actually, got killed. You know, in the G20 yeah. thing recently, and these sort of things. And it's going on globally. I mean, this is the point. But on a more sort of like higher level. It's like a parting of the waves, Alan, mm-hmm. I feel. Uh, as a musician, I'm not a, yeah. politi- I'm not a soldier or a politician. I don't know. And I don't, you know, I'm not an expert with it. You research all these things, and, and you just look into it yourself, and you make up your own mind, you know what I mean? And, and I'm a musician like you, and, but there's like a parting of the waves of consciousness, if you like. There's You're a lot right. of people that are awakening. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who are kind of like... Um, I don't know, they're kind of, I don't know what the word is, deflating into this kind of uh, denial thing. Yep. And they're just, you know, they don't want to know, and, and it's very weird to sort of observe. I've seen it in the public, uh, I've seen it before, um, when they're going into denial, when the economy has gone really bad, even in the 70s I saw the same thing when there were suicides in almost every street and it was kept quiet except for the, the general public around them and even neighbours didn't want to talk about it. It's almost though, as though you'd catch bad luck and get fired yourself or lose your job if you talked about it. But the thing it. is, Alan, I mean, with respect, sir, I mean, you're a great... You, you know your history and all the rest of it. I've heard a lot about you and, you know, uh, and listened to you a lot. And you, that's what you teach, right? Yeah. But uh, the point is, is that this is nothing new. This is big, we, what we've got today is a 21st century version of it, and people are, that's what people should think about. Yeah. And using the lower levels of the brain, you know, uh, and not the higher levels, and that's the key to this, is that people have got to realise what they really are and what, you know, and why they're here and all the rest of it, and that's what, what it's really all about. Well, well this really. is the thing. That, See, here's the thing. It's that uh, kind of revolution, in other words. It's not actually, a 3D... Actually, about one. it. Sort of Russell, they, they said that, that an essential part of their plan was to promote apathy amongst the people. Oh, I know. I mean, yeah. yeah and, and that's what people have to philosophy. get over. I mean, when you read yeah. books like that, you think, my God, they don't want anybody to go anywhere. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> they want them to be remain on the, <laughs> on the top levels and yeah, everyone else to be... Rem- yeah. Uh, we understand all that. That's not hard to understand. And, and that's what uh, the public and, have to regain is the fact that you are an individual, unique being. And if people start... Well, I think that's the biggest like that. secret of all. Yeah. The mm-hmm. biggest secret of all is the... Is the uh, it's about consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, suppressing... It's like they're keeping a lid on it. And they're in withdrawal, Alan. Yeah. They're on the run, mate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're trying to keep the lid on it, but there's the, the inter- you know, what's going on right now. That's my feeling, anyway, and I, it's yeah. a positive message. 
Yes. Yeah. I'll stay in touch with you. Do that. Do that. What's up again? Uh, you know, divine source creator, as I call it. <laughs> yes. Well, you, you take care of yourself. Yeah. And you, yeah. And I'll let, yeah. And, uh, and bless all, all your guests and everybody else. Bye. Bye now. And, and it's true, you've got to regain the fact that, that you know, that someone with a suit and tie standing on a stage with a bunch of troops around them is no m more important or, or less important than you. And you see, we've been trained for years now that you're insignificant and you don't matter. We've got to say, wait a minute here, you know, you technically, all you guys on the stage are our servants and put them back in their place. And uh, we have a, the right to find our own destiny personally and otherwise. That's the key to it. It's not up to them to decide they want a controlled society of drones down the road. That's not living. That's death. That's death. Now we'll go to Clarence in Oklahoma. Are you there, Clarence? Yes, yes, I'm here, Alan. Haven't called in a while. Great to talk to you again. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I was just thinking, listening to you, uh, this evening, uh, I pulled out a movie from my DVD collection and I, that I saw when I was a very young person, uh, and I'll, uh, this will date me, at the local theater when they had a theater in every town, you know, mm -hmm. instead of these big chain theaters. Yep. It's called Zulu. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And as you talked, I suddenly realized people watch these things, but they don't. It's like it's like a curtain in front of them. They they see the what the front. They don't know what's behind it. Mm -hmm. They know the events. They, they they you know the events are enumerated in history. It's based on a few stories. Hold on, and we'll come back after this break okay. on that topic.
you know, and people thought, ain't this great? Look, I served in the United States Air Force during the Vietnam War. I wasn't in Vietnam. I, fortunately, sat it out in Germany. But I thought I was serving the people. I thought I was serving a nation. Now I know what I was really serving. Mm-hmm. I was serving a cabal. And this is exactly, this goes back to Zulu. This this is what they, that, that was the British Empire. That's know. right. And the movie itself would make you cheer them on, thinking he, these, are, these are our guys. But they were not our guys. They were there, as I say, to protect the, the, the industry and get Absolutely. all the resources out of Africa. So how it's presented will, will, will distort the whole perception of the actual event and what was taking place. Exactly. They, they don't, see, they, look at, they just look at the surface. They don't know what's behind it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that difficult to find yeah. out what's behind it. Yeah. It's just, and then, then now I understand that my service was to an international cabal of corporations mm-hmm. and bankers that are tied together. Yeah. And the bankers, go, it's an incestuous relationship, but the, the international, you know, corporations... They own the resources, and that's what it boils down to, is resources. There is no wealth Mm -hmm. in this world other than resources. Gold is a, you know, that's a nice, fine thing, but there's only so much gold. But resources, that's wealth. Mm-hmm. And that's what all the fighting is going to be about. That's what's happening right now, too, is, is he loots uh, the oil out of the Middle East. And, uh, this is uh, ongoing, and it's actually published papers from the military uh, calling it resource wars. And so you're right on. It's, it's always been that way, but it's always to be put into the hands of the few. It's never for the public anywhere. Of, you know, it's always for the few who already own uh, the resource supply. They add to the stockpile. What always gets me, and I'll say this quick because I hear music coming up here. What gets me is that people think they're fighting and they'll put out the the banners and, you know, the music know. and the yeah. bands. Mm-hmm. And they can fool the people. They can fool the average person to go fight for that. That's where the ball was done. Uh, it, it's a... Uh... It's a tribal instinct to drum up in the public without uh, telling the public the rest of the story. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for calling. A good book to read is Chaka the Zulu, excellent uh, excellent story on the the founding of the Zulu Nation. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.